Ladies and gentlemen, citizens of the universe, fantasy footballers, Dynasty League dirtballs, NFL draft fans, and DFS degenerates worldwide, this is the Roster Watch Podcast, presented by RosterWatch.com. Roster Watch Nation, prepare for pop, flash, and sizzle. Prepare for knowledge bombs and cockamamie business. The Roster Watch crew is here to deliver the goods you can't find anywhere else. Here is your host, RosterWatch.com Editor-in-Chief, Alex Dunlap. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the epic Roster Watch podcast brought to you by RosterWatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap. This is episode 43 of the podcast. Joining me today for a waiver wire edition of the podcast, actually, take two of a waiver wire edition of the podcast on a tilting, tilting rainy day. After we just did an hour-long podcast, it was jam-packed with all kinds of buy-low content and sell-high content, um, just a bunch of awesome takes, and that like the whole thing got zapped because the recorder broke. So anyway, uh, Byron, thanks for coming back on, even though I'm sure you're extremely tilted too. Uh, do, do you want to buzz uh, here, of course, joined by Byron Lambert, co-host, co-founder at RosterWatch.com. Uh, Byron, do you want to just go through some of the quickly kind of go through some notes from all that conversation that we got into on the now uh, on the now zapped uh, former episode 43 of the podcast before we get into the uh, waiver wire cheat sheet, which is available right now at rosterwatch.com for week four? Yeah, so this is going to have to be a quick and dirty version of the week four waiver wire podcast. Uh, we wet your appetites last week with the Jordan Howard buy low advice. Uh, so we're going to try to bring you some more of that today. Um, as far as buy lows, JHI is a guy that Alex and I have decided if there is an owner in your league that is either 1-2 and two or 0-3 oh and, and owns JHI, that that is a situation that is more than likely worth at least looking into to see if you can buy JHI low off of that owner. Um, and Alex and I were really mulling over maybe trying to send a multiplayer deal to two middling players who are overperforming off from in a package in your league to the guy that's one and two or zero oh and three that owns Jay Ajay. Uh, Do you know what's so crazy, Byron? The specific guy that we used in our example during the podcast, and I'm going to hate it for one of our listeners um, or one of our readers or whoever that's going to be hearing this because I literally got a tweet just in right after the we were got done recording the the uh, other podcast of a guy that just tra- that just um what was it he just accepted an offer for Jay Ajayi and some other throw in for like Chris Thompson and some you know some kind of throw in ish wide receiver and I I just said you know I said what. You know, he just he got on to tell me that that's the trade that he. What I fucking accepted. tell you, man? We got yeah, spe- we got I, special fucking powers. I knew that. <laughs> I knew that I said, shit. I, I I said I I said, man, like how? I said, don't come to me and ask me to evaluate a trade. Like, ask me about the trade before it occurs. Like, I can't give you any help now. 
you know, but yeah, just Chris Thompson, an obvious guy that we had kind of talked about earlier that just based on the volume, you got to sell him high. If there's anybody out there who's not going to, you know, look at anything but the game logs, um, he's somebody that clearly you can make a package right now and get a guy like a Jay Ajayi. So, Dude, I'm dialed in on the trade market right now, man. <laughs> yeah. Corey Davis, another very interesting, creative buy low, out of sight, out of mind, not on anybody's radar. If we're on a winning team and looking for a, a tremendous stash or if we're on a team that's hurting at wide receiver, we've got Corey Davis, wide receiver, Tennessee Titans, rookie wide receiver in the crosshairs. Uh, the other guy that Alex and I agree is um, he's not a sell, but he's a sell high, a sell very high if you can. And it, Ty Montgomery owners have to take the temperature of that market in their league. If you can get a ransom for him, you got to think about shipping them. That kind of dovetails into the fact of uh, this is the week of the backup running back on the waiver wire. We'll dive into that here shortly as we get into the me- well, meat of just, the waiver wire let- cheat sheet. Let me just say about Ty Montgomery, too. I think that the, and just to give people some reasoning as to why, you know, the reasoning that we came to when we discussed it is that he's never, this is his first time to ever be a workhorse running back that's playing 90 to 95% of the snaps in every game. He's at the complete, you know, peak of, of where his value could be. People, you know, love playing him in DFS. He's going to be a you know eight thousand dollar player there, you know, pretty soon. The usage is absolutely through the roof, and he's never gone through a season being a workhorse runner. This is the next wide receiver, and we know that he has the bulk. We know that he has the size. He's a bigger dude than most people ever realized. It nearly two hundred twenty five pounds. But the thing about Montgomery is. It, like he's always coming off the field with little dings, little bruises, little injuries. At some point, this is going to come home to roost with a possible multi-game absence, maybe more. So, you know, we just have to realize that that's coming. We need to brace for that. I'd say if you're a Ty Montgomery owner, it, you know, this isn't a must-sell deal. But like Byron says, I think it's a it's a pretty much try try right now to sell high. This is. This is why we baked him into the cheat sheet for you to get him is for at this point to really be looking around and seeing what you can get uh, in return for him. The value that you should get in return right now should be outstanding. If you can get outstanding value for Ty Montgomery, we recommend go ahead and go ahead and getting that done. And if you can't, make sure that you do roster Jamal Williams. Even if you didn't draft him, he should be on waivers right now. Yeah, Alex referencing the fact that we've had the strategy since May to target Ty Montgomery way above ADP in drafts and PPR and standard. All of that was designed into the draft cheat sheets that we used in in August. And many of us own Ty Montgomery. And the poor the the other part of that plan was to get him, ride him hot for the first month, and then ship him out while you're riding high. And uh, that time of the season is now upon us or close to upon us. So uh, it's you, you're happy if you're a Montgomery owner. You're not dying to sell, but it's time to definitely remember what the original plan was and at least look into whether it's something you ought to execute in your own league or not. A um, couple of guys that have difficult matchups coming up or just a weird, little bit of a weird situation we're concerned about. I don't want to call them buy lows or sell highs, but guys we need to be considering something to do with. Alshon Jeffrey has a terrible next five of seven weeks, and that includes four incredibly difficult wide receiver matchups against elite 
secondaries and also includes a bye week. Alshon Jeffrey and and just and not to and like versus shadow corners, like it's not just tough matchups for the entire wide receiver core. It's it's mainly tough matchups for Alshon Jeffrey. <laughs> you know, it's the Casey Hayward who shadows. It's the oh, I forgot who all else, but um, definitely definitely Casey Hayward. I think the I think he had another round with Janoris Jenkins. Um, I, I'd have to pull up the exact game log, but it was it was definitely guys who have shown so far this season. Oh, Patrick Peterson, just a, a, a whole lot of guys who have shown that they will shadow. It's Josh a guy Norman, like Alshon, Josh Norman, it's Hayward so, in, in Los yep. Angeles. It's 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 a murderer's row and a bye week. It's a tough run for Alshon owners coming up. You ought to look at think, seeing if you could ship him. A guy that we're going to kind of maybe put in the same for different reasons, but we want to try to make the same action with him as an Amari Cooper is with like an Alshon. And what we're saying to do with those guys is because of their name recognition. Uh, and these aren't guys aren't guys that we're super excited about rostering right now. That we'd like to take a player like Amari Cooper right now or a player like Alshon Jeffrey right now package them with their name recognition in a two-for-one deal for some type of premium or ultra player uh, out there. Uh, I mean, that you throw in an Alshon and Armari Cooper on top of something else, and that's a pretty appealing trade package if you're gunning for one of those premium players. Uh, LaShawn McCoy was the other guy. with. Uh, I just, let me just say, I think a lot of people don't realize yet that Amari Cooper, like he could just, this could just be him. You know, like he he's his 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 hands are bad. You know, maybe Amari Cooper never takes the next step that everybody's always thought that he had. But nobody in Roster Watch Nation owns Amari Cooper, so we're not talking to the people who've used our premium tools. But we've certainly like we certainly saw the writing on the wall about this. And he's just, he's dropping too many footballs. He's dropped six balls through the first three games. Um, I still think that there's immense name recognition. Well, hold on, there. this is what our subscribers pay for. I mean, our, we're a self-sourced fa- fantasy football player intelligence community, and we do this for ourselves. We do this to to win our own leagues. We do this for all of Roster Watch Nation to win their leagues. So, I mean, you guys subscribe. That's the way that we finance the training camp tour. We go out to the training camp tour to bring you guys back stuff, and one of the things we brought back to you was that Amari Cooper was a no-go for Roster Watch Nation this year and that we were going to have a lot of exposure to Michael Crabtree that feels good right now. Nonetheless, there's plenty of people that own Amari Cooper that may be listening to this pod or use the tools on the site. And for those folks, um, look, I, I think a lot of people are just going to have to sit on Amari Cooper. But if I could look to do something with them right now, it would be throw him in a two-for-one deal for one premium player. Um, and I think Alshon is another prime name and wide receiver to do that with. Um, like Alshon Jeffrey with a little bit of a rough couple of weeks coming up. And the matchups aren't as bad as Alshon's, but he does has a buy, have a bye too. A couple questionable matchups, a bye coming off a couple of, we'll call them modest, if not blase weeks for Shady McCoy. I know Alex told me that he's been trying to ship him off in his own personal league. I'm, <laughs> I, he's not a, I'm not sure he's a buy low or a sell high. He's more than likely a hold for the Shady owner. But just this is somebody, if you own McCoy, you need to be aware, like Alshon, like Amari Cooper. These are guys that we'd like to be opportunistic, if possible, to get them off our team and parlay that into some assets that uh, we prefer. Some of the obvious sell highs that 
Alex and I agreed on in uh, the first run of this podcast were Chris Thompson. He's already mentioned it. Um, Sammy Watkins is another. If you've got to stick with Sammy Watkins, I think it's fine. But he's an he's certainly based on snap counts, based on the roster, based on a lot of circumstantial evidence. He's definitely a sell high right now. The monster game off of only six targets. Um, that's there was the previous. Discussion Alex and I had had where I'd said maybe you could take like a Chris Thompson and a Sammy Watkins and get yourself a JHI and I'm not sure Alex was totally convinced, but it sounds like that's could be what's you can do going it. on Somebody out there. Somebody just got on my Twitter and just said that almost the exact same I trade mean, just occurred that he accepted. That's amazing, folks. Look, I know you guys listened to the Jordan Howard advice last week, but a lot of you may not have done anything about it. Hopefully you're kicking yourself in the ass right now. This is I mean, this is what we bring to you. So if you can go do something like that, getting a JHI, look, it might not work out. Giving up Chris Thompson and Sammy Watkins isn't going to ruin your team. And if it does work out, it's a, se- a season changer. Hell, even if you only get like a couple of two, three, or four game stretches out of a Jai where he's a beast, that stuff, that that really helps get you through the fantasy season. Yeah, and, and not to say like, let's just preface this by saying, you know, we're not necessarily in love with the fact of being season or with the idea of being season long owners of Jay Ajay just because we're, we're so worried about the ticking time bomb that is his knee. But the fact of the matter is, obviously, people kind of people kind of hate him right now after the after um, after this uh, horrible showing versus the versus the Jets in a game that, you know, nobody could have predicted going the way that it did. And. I you know I think that he's going to be prone to blow ups like that. I think that you have to worry about whether or not he's going to be healthy through the entire course of the season. Even with that being said, if you can get him on your team for a couple of these guys that are just outrageously uh, overvalued right now, like a Chris Thompson, who this uh, he's he is getting he is getting two. I I I heard I've heard a statistic today. It was unbelievable. He was getting over two point seven fantasy points per touch. It's just. It's completely unsustainable. Sammy Watkins, as Byron has said, it's kind of a sneaky situation where there's actually a ton of pretty good mouths there to feed. If you can get these guys off of your roster and get a guy on your team who's a legitimate threat week in and week out to get 25 to 27 touches, as scary as those 25 to 27 touches might be, you got to get it done. Agreed. Another guy that we think that you can throw into that mix to help make that happen is Brandon Cooks off the two-touchdown monster in New England. I mean, this is the way it's going to be all year owning Cooks, 8.6 points, 23 points. You know, it's going to – he's going to – he's a good – Good player to own. If you got him, you roll him every week, and it's 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 just fine. But, again, coming off that monster, he's a guy I'm thinking about, how can I parlay him into a more premium asset on my roster that puts me in a better position to continue winning uh, consistently he's on the have season? Much, he's he's going to have a much higher average than he has a median. That's for 100% sure. Yeah, and we like when the uh, – Median supports the average, and you know at rosterwatch.com that we are big fans of the median. Let's see a few more here. I let, I don't think we need to go super in-depth about them, but guys that everybody just needs to kind of maybe be aware of in their league, I'm not sure if they're sell highs or buy lows, but these are people that definitely are, are, are on the trade radar in some form or fashion. C.J. Anderson, running back Denver Broncos. Uh, we'll talk about his counterpart, Jamal Charles. Here in a minute, who's at the very top of this week's waiver wire cheat sheet? Um, 
wide receiver T.Y. Hilton in Indianapolis coming off of the monster that we called right here uh, on the side and on the radio show Saturday night. Uh, Jacoby Brissett looking like a very functional uh, NFL quarterback. Of course, that was a great matchup this last week. So owners are hard to know if he's a buy low or a sell high or if his owners even know what to make of him. Um, but definitely T.Y. Hilton, something somebody to be having a look at right now. And then I'd, I'd say the other two are Christian McCaffrey is in a sit- who I who, who I love buying right now if you can. You could tell the owner that that, that 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 Saints matchup was just a fluke and that Cam sucks and this offense is going the way of the Dodo Bird. But the fact of the matter is everything that's happening with that offense are things that help Christian McCaffrey with – with Greg Olson out, all those intermediate targets opened up. With Cam Newton not being able to hit the broad side of the barn down the field and having to check down to him. With the fact that he's going to get New Orleans once more, where he's going to get uh, uh, twice more, he's going to get the Atlanta Falcons that hemorrhage fantasy points to opposing receiving running backs. And we saw what Dalvin Cook just got done doing to the Tampa Bay Bucks as a receiving option out of the backfield, uh, you know, he's going to get to face those guys twice. So uh, for Christian McCaffrey, he's a guy who right now, I'm not sure that his owners are thinking really sell high for him. I, I think that, you know, his owners might be, I don't know. I, he's just a guy who I take the temperature of. He, he's, he's a guy who, uh, you know, I think we've seen enough to where we would, we, we would really like to get him on our rosters if he can be had for, for a, a reasonable Well, this price. is the group of guys that you've just got to go find out in your league. In, in my league, is this guy a sell high or a buy low? Because it could be different from, it right. could be different from right. league to league. But we need to take Absolutely. the time to go investigate this. And I'd say the other guy that fits into that box would be uh, Mr. DeMarco Murray of the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, who's pro- I mean, who I would definitely put on more more on the side of a more on the side of a sell high because you know he's obviously coming off the big game that was due to just that one big run. With that being said, there's always a weird kind of you can always look at these things and in, in, through the scope of like, well, maybe I can get in a deal with an owner who thinks he's swindling me and selling high. You know what I mean? Where you know to 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 where those to where those values can 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 meet and the, and that sort of um, do you understand what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, like somebody yeah. can somebody, say like you have I, to find okay. you have to be a guy that thinks you're buying low and you have to find the owner that thinks they're selling high and doesn't value right. they don't value the guy that much, you know, and and you, you get a deal done. I'd say this if I was in a league where I was super weak at running back, I mean, Demarco would be. You know, and Christian McCaffrey, both guys that just CJ Anderson, all three of them, guys that I just need to see at least what's going on with them in my league. Yeah, agreed. Uh, on to the waiver wire cheat sheet, I guess for this week. Alex has teased it. I mean, this is a super uber deep week on the waiver wire. It lacks pop and flash and sizzle and any star power necessarily at the top, uh, but it's a great week to. Get value, maybe not spend up too much and still get some useful players on the season. I'm surprised at how some of these guys have been on the sheet for three weeks now are still less than 50% owned uh, across a lot of leagues. And really, you know, one of the, when you kind of profile this week's waiver wire cheat sheet, it's a bit of the week of the backup waiver wire running back. And, uh, you know, that's because we're getting our team sorted out right now. Um, 
and uh, it's time to start evaluating, kind of locking up some of the the, the key uh, running back situations on our rosters. And, you know, of course, this is occurring in a week where there's a lack of real top-end uh, talent on the waiver wire cheat sheet, like I said. Yeah, and and the reason why we're doing this is because like the the reason we typically don't bake in handcuffs into the cheat sheet and we don't really usually care about it unless they're totally high efficiency yield handcuffs that we're going to we're going to push up the cheat sheet and make you draft is because coming in we have to see how the games play out. We have to figure out who the handcuffs are because it let's take Carlos Hyde for example, like come with 2 weeks left in the preseason, like the clear handcuff was Tim Hightower. And if not Tim Hightower, it was Joe Williams, so they traded up into the 4th round to 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 go get. All of a sudden, you know, you get to I guess by the probably the 3rd or the 4th week of the preseason, we were thinking a little bit about a guy like Matt Matt Brieta, but it, you know, now we know that's the clear cut handcuff. If Carlos Hyde goes down, Matt Brieta's stock shoots through the roof. The guy's worth his weight in absolute gold due to his, uh, you know, three down skill set. Uh, there's just there's a lot of situations like that. There's a, and there's also with with guys like guys like Jamal Williams. He's he's only owned in 11 percent of leagues. If you're a Ty Montgomery owner who wants that situation handcuffed and that situation taken care of, you know, he wasn't necessarily somebody who you had to have on your roster through these first couple of weeks as you've been uh, re- recycling uh, on the bottom of your roster, new players on there, seeing if you could hit gold with a possible Chris Carson, you know, uh, the these types. So now, though, especially with Ty Montgomery, I keep coming back to this, I, I think that the Ty Montgomery owner has to really think, and I'm just, I keep coming back to it because we have such high exposure to Ty Montgomery. If you can't move him right now for a King's Ransom, I really think Jamal Williams is a guy personally you'll need to bump up on this cheat sheet a little bit this week. And just because you want to make sure that, that you know, that you're highly leveraged as far as that uh, Green Bay running game uh, is is concerned. But there are certainly other guys who uh, are these sort of backup types. And Deontay Foreman, you know, even if you're not a Lamar Miller owner, I think that me, I'm a Lamar Miller owner who handcuffed him with Deontay Foreman in hopes that Devontae, Deontay Foreman would eventually take over. I still think he is. Right now, I find myself in a situation where having drafted a handcuff in Deontay Foreman, I can't drop him, but I can't start either Lamar Miller or Deontay, right? So it's, I think it would be a lot better for a, you know Deontay Foreman only owned in 17% of leagues. It's going to be a lot better for uh, you know somebody out there to go pick up Deontay Foreman, sit on him, stash him. The minute little that Lamar Miller gets hurt, which he will, or the minute that Deontay Foreman continues to show that he's a much better play, which he will, at that point in time, you're just going to be able to insert him right into your lineup and only have that one spot on your roster uh, being being wasted by just you know sitting on one of these guys. I mean, when I look at this week's deep sheet of over 50 waiver wire plays and potential pickups i mean deontay is the one that stands out to me as having an egregiously low ownership percentage there is absolutely no way that after this amount of time that deontay foreman should still only be owned in 17 percent of leagues globally no yeah, and hopefully if they use the sheet that you know he'll be owned in a little bit more <laughs> we have a we have a pretty big user base i'm not sure how big uh how big it'll be to 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 make a den across well, I you know, always talk every, about I always talk about how we cultivate 
the waiver wire. We farm the waiver wire. The we kind of these the cream rises to the top. We're looking for the gold, and we want to skim it off the top, right? And I mean, you guys have seen it now. We're three weeks in, and you've seen how guys like Deontay Foreman and Jamal Charles started at the bottom of the sheet, and they've risen all the way at the top. So we got out way in front of this thing and gave you the chance to get these guys super cheap a few weeks ago. But if you didn't or you took some of the guys higher than them, you know, which would have been just fine, now the opportunity is still there for these to be some of the top waiver wire pickups and uh, still shouldn't cost you too much free agent budget uh, or, or may not even cost you a whole lot of waiver priorities. And they're, and they're pretty widely available still. So kind of seeing these guys move up the sheet, I think people are starting to get a feel for how this works, how you can – sometimes mine value out in the, in the from the bottom of the sheet out in front if you elect to not always go after the top guys there's often those guys at the bottom are in just a few weeks going to be at the top and uh so anyways just uh, jamal charles deontay foreman you know both both at the top of the sheet this week and Certainly, in my opinion, must owns. I, I've told you guys from since training camp that Jamal Charles was going to shape up as a Tevin Coleman type fantasy asset this year, and it's just happened faster than I could have even imagined. You want to uh, anything else here? You want to hit on on the on the cheat sheet? You want to go out with some uh, some quick hits about your observations from the week three of the NFL? I have some of these names we went over earlier. Maybe I could just read them to you, and you could just tell me your initial takeaway from from their performances. Yeah, I tell you guys that there's some there's some young wide receivers on the sheet that you need to come have a look at this week. Tight end is deep this week, and I think we've got a few better options in the quarterback position on the waiver wire this week. So it's a good week to come get nice assets that are going to really help you out but not really cost you too much. It's the waiver wire cheat sheet. You can only find it at rosterwatch.com with a pro membership. Uh, a pro membership costs less than a cheap cup of coffee and gets you access to all of our tools. That includes our awesome DFS tools like our Hyper DFS uh, optimal lineup generator, which allows you not only to you know get hundreds of thousands of optimal lineups from our favorite players on DraftKings and FanDuel, but also to lock in your favorite players, pivot, et cetera, with all the new functionality that we have uh, here in year two of Hyper DFS. So that, in addition to the, you know, the snap counts, touches, and targets, the end zone targets report, the epic matchup tool that's out every Wednesday, um, the Trashman's flex rankings, the Vegas tool, uh, the you know, DraftKings uh, values based on Vegas player props, and access to us. Um, you know, in the comment section of, of any pro article there at rosterwatch.com, we're always trolling around answering, you know, it's, it's, it's literally, it's, it's less than a cheap cup of coffee to join roster watch. So please go get that done. Also, one more thing we'd like you to get done is to go give us a good rating and a good review in iTunes. We're going to be giving away in the next podcast next week, uh, a few free roster watch pro memberships to the best reviews the way that you review the podcast is just go inside your your iphone podcasts app uh, click the search uh, um, 
click on the, the bottom right hand kind of corner for the search icon. Just search for Roster Watch. When it comes up, you'll see like album art that says RW, Maniacal, NFL Analysis, just an, an album cover art square. Click on that. You'll go, then you'll go to a page which has the ability to just quick quickly just give five stars and write a quick review. It literally takes you 15 seconds. If you're not a pro member at rosterwatch.com, that is the best way you can help us out. And even if you are, we wish you would help us out by doing that. We know that less than um, you know less than like one percent of our weekly audience has even ever given. Reviews over there, so we would really love it if, if you guys could give us a rating and/or a review. All right, Byron. So let's just hit into a couple quick hitting things real quick, and we're gonna get out of here. Um, your th- the, my big observations from the NFL week: Dalvin Cook looks like an absolute monster and a volume hog. I mean, are you just as high on him as you've ever been? Yeah, I mean, I'm a Dalvin Cook owner. I was high on him. Before the game this last weekend, I've been high on him all season. I said after week one that he was a sick RB1. And to me, there's no reason he can't turn out like Todd Gurley or Zeke Elliott did in their rookie seasons. We had a poll on our Twitter at rosterwatch.com where I asked, would you trade Kareem Hunt for Le'Veon Bell right now? That was after the week three uh, Sunday slate had ended. 1,500 or so votes later, Kareem Hunt, uh, people would rather, 65% of people would rather have Kareem Hunt over Le'Veon Bell. To you, is that cockamamie? No, I don't see how you can give up Kareem Hunt right now. It's a safe play. If you're a risk-averse player and it means something to you to have Bell in terms of just you can sleep better at night, I mean, if you can get a work a deal, I'm not going to blame you for that. But uh, I, I think it's pretty hard for anybody who's living on that Kareem Hunt high right now to want to come off of it. I'm just wondering if it's a Kareem Hunt high that uh, might wear off and you wonder what the hell was I doing not shipping this well, guy for a lead I mean, on Bell. You know what I think, man. I've told you. I mean, sometimes you got to – be able to read the writing on the wall. And, I mean, to me, we've always talked about Devontae Freeman being the perfect marriage with the Falcons' run game and scheme and it being like peanut butter and jelly. And we remember what a Jamal Charles and a Brian Westbrook look like in an Andy Reid offense. And, I mean, Kareem Hunt is a guy that we're very comfortable with, having live scouted him, having met the kid personally. And I just look at the whole thing and I say, man, this thing adds up. It fits. He looks just like a Jamal Charles, a Brian Westbrook caliber player in this uh, ordeal. We know that he's a great player. And more than anything, I think that his running style is an extremely perfect marriage with Andy Reid's blocking and running scheme. Jordan Howard, redemption for Byron, of course, on this podcast last week. We went through the trade stuff um, this week. Uh, kind of telling you who to target. Last week it was just one guy. Byron went on a on a tangent and a tirade about going out and trading for Jordan Howard. He looked like a genius um, this weekend when Jordan Howard came back and uh, with the absolute epic monster game versus Pittsburgh. Byron, at this point, are you comfortable starting both Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen? If you're an owner that tried to handy or who tried to handcuff. Um, uh, Howard with Cohen early in the season before we really knew how these roles were going to shake out. Yeah, man, I woke up on Sunday morning with the light bulb on that I needed to run in here and just get Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen into my lineup. It turned out to be a really good decision. Um, I think that's an unusual situation that usually we cannot recommend as any kind of viable long-term pairing that you can start in fantasy. But this one, I think it is, man. I think it is. I think you can start these guys – 
if not every week for the season, I mean, for the foreseeable future, you can do it. And definitely this week against the Green Bay Packers. I absolutely believe you can roll uh, both of them out again if need be. And uh, look, I mean, we just hope that we whet your appetite uh, for fantasy trades after after the Jordan Howard advice last week. I know some of you guys went and tried to get that done. I think a lot of the rest of you guys probably, like Alex, thought it was maybe a really cockamamie idea, and it's only <laughs> it's only week two, and so I'm you know I don't even know what my roster looks like yet, and I'm not all that motivated to do these things, but. I mean, this is what separates the men from the boys in fantasy. I mean, the elite players diligently comb their waiver wire every Tuesday of the season, no matter what their record is or how stacked their roster is. And the elite players also scan their league from top to bottom every week for buy low trade opportunities. And look, we know it's a lot of work, and so that's why we give you the waiver wire cheat sheet to make the waiver part of it easy. And we're going to do our best to... to provide strategy and trade recommendations on this podcast is kind of an add-on or an extension here for you guys, and that should make it uh, simple for you. So now it's up for you to just go put in a little bit of effort and get these things done. It's the difference between winning a title and you just you know trying to make the playoffs. Let's get into a few more of these guys, just your quick thoughts. Um, Joe Mixon moving forward. Do you think that he finally sees the role? He got 21 touches, 101 total yards on 56% of snaps. That was more than double the snaps of either Jeremy Hill or Gio Bernard. Do you think that this is, you know, his kind of mini breakout before the monster breakout next week? I believe he has Cleveland, which is uh, which is clearly a matchup where he should be able to run like crazy if he's given the same kind of volume. Yeah, I mean, my my plans for Joe Mixon are unfolding diabolically and accordingly. <laughs> uh, everything yeah. that I had imagined that I wanted to see uh, in week three happened. And now, in my opinion, at least for the foreseeable future, Joe Mixon is a must-start in all fantasy leagues until otherwise notified. You got you got to jam him in. You got you got to get him in. I haven't seen what his pricing's like on DraftKings for next week, but I would imagine he'll probably be uh, there on the DraftKings cheat sheet in that matchup versus Cleveland. Okay, on the on the opposite side of things, another rookie prospect, another Oklahoma Sooner. Uh, who shared that backfield with Joe Mixon, came out and looked like absolute shit. Samaj P. Ryan, he looked like he shit his pants because he he couldn't do, he couldn't, he literally looked like he had his pants just full of shit and he couldn't run or move or get anything done. It was embarrassing. His vision looked terrible. He looked like he looked uncertain, like he didn't even know what he was doing. We always said with Samaj P. Ryan, it's the Jordan Howard where if he gets volume, he's going to be a battering ram that beats you into submission. He got 20 touches of volume before he went out with a a bruised wrist, which doesn't look like it's a big deal. But he didn't do anything with his great chance and a great matchup to step up and seize that role away from a terrible player in Rob Kelly. How disappointed were you in Samaj P. Ryan? And do you think there's any hope for him moving forward? Is he droppable? Man, it's disappointing, but this comes with the territory. I mean, I texted you five minutes in the game. I said, this guy doesn't have the same pop out there with the big men that he did back in college. And, you know, look, there's been plenty of guys, Melvin Gordon, Le'Veon Bell are a couple who didn't look good as rookies in the NFL that were good prospects and their bodies and everything else. The rest of their game came along quite well in years 
two and three. So maybe there's some hope for the guy in redraft. I'm certainly not interested in keeping him right now. Um, I think his vision, you know, I thought he saw the holes out there, but I don't think he trusted his vision. His feet weren't following his eyes and he was playing it really safe, trying to jam it up there. He never, he didn't want any negative runs. That's for sure. And, um, yeah, it was disappointing. And so I, I would expect that to be a full go for Rob Kelly when he gets back. Look, all we can do is try to put ourselves in position to succeed as many times as possible. The whole thing was right there for us for the taking. We put ourselves in position to even have that opportunity. Sometimes it doesn't work out. We're going to move on, and, and we're going to cultivate the next guys off the waiver wire cheat sheet. P. Ryan was at the bottom of that thing for a while. You never had to spend up too much on him. Thankfully, yeah. I mean, thankfully, he wasn't a, a major part of our plans. But like Byron says, when you take flyers like that, you know, you got to try them out, see how, see how they go. There with Samaj P. Ryan, not a, not a great start. Uh, another player, this will be the final one, Byron, just um, your thoughts. I don't know what to do about Cam Newton. I don't know if I just – he looks like absolute shit. I can't tell if he's just hurt, whether he's broken, whether he's just a kind of a shitty quarterback that had one magical year because he was able to do so much with his legs. Um, I, I just – I don't know. He hasn't been – he has literally been awful for like 12 straight games. And he, this matchup versus the Saints was the one where, you know, if there was ever a get-right spot, we've seen it's versus these Saints. We're going to continue to keep seeing it. Uh, where are, I mean, is, can are, are you safe just dropping this idiot at this point? I mean, I'm a Cam Newton owner. Yeah, I think you're safe to drop him if you need to, want to, or have to. You know, if you're on a team where you can afford to, you know, we hate rostering two quarterbacks. Cam is the one kind of guy that I could consider signing off as a quarterback stash, especially if your other options on the waiver wire are just mediocre guys that are going to ultimately be streamers, which that's probably the case. I don't think he's the worst quarterback to keep on your bench. There's always a chance Cam gets hot. And if you got a good roster and all of a sudden you add a hot Cam Newton down the stretch, I mean, that that's a that's that can be really, really big. We've seen the trash man execute that strategy before. I was going to say. <laughs> I mean, that said, you know, yeah. I agree. I mean, I just think that if – to me, it seems like if Cam's not going to be getting all the fantasy production on the ground that he used to get, which makes sense. He's taking a lot of hits. He's taking a beating now, and he's he's not a not a spring chicken in the league anymore. Uh, I think that does you know depreciate his his fantasy value you know to some extent. So look, what we're trying to do every single week of the season uh, looks this. There's a silver lining to all this. Every week, we always need to be able to identify at least one, maybe two players at the bottom of our roster that we can recycle for this week's uh, hot uh, waiver wire pickups or this week's maybe high-value waiver wire pickups uh, a little closer to the bottom of the sheet. And, um, you know, this gives us the room to do it if we can uh, look at dropping a guy like P. Ryan or Cam or whomever else it might be. He is Byron Lambert, co-founder at Roster Watch, architect of the epic Ultimate Waiver Wire Cheat Sheet, available at rosterwatch.com. You can find it exclusively at rosterwatch.com, along with all of our other tools. That will bring an end to episode 43 of the Roster Watch podcast, brought to you by rosterwatch.com for Byron Lambert, for the trash man, for the robot genius and all of Roster Watch Nation. My name is Alex Dunlap. We will see you next time.